Good morning, everyone. Good evening. Good afternoon. Um, today is the second episode of Groundbreakers Transforming Geotech, and I'm honored to have Dr. Joel with us. Dr. Joel is a pioneer in the GNSS field, and he has been doing really, really cool inventions in this field, such as the monitoring of the verticality of the Burj Khalifa. He worked on developing the module at Leica for GNSS, and now he's making really, really interesting millimeter level precision GNSS modules. And he's been involved with several other projects globally. So it's a pleasure to have him here today. And it's going to be a great learn learning experience for us about how we can use GNSS and the value of this tool in monitoring, serving, and civil engineering. Dr. Joel, uh, do you want to add anything to the introduction? No, thank you so much. No, I, I, you have been very uh, complete and um, very kind. And it's true that over probably 35 years from now, I've been involved and I've been in very much interested by uh, uh, engineering geodesy and the applications on monitoring. Uh, one of the reasons is that um, this field of applications is still very demanding in terms of accuracy and reliability on the results, which is exactly what geodesy do, uh, does, sorry. And um, that's true that uh, we, we start, I started uh, with the total stations, automatic total stations, you know, with uh, dual axis inclinometers, and then GPS at that time pop up and GNSS uh, now. And the um, interesting thing is that uh, despite the GPS and GNSS being developed mainly for defense applications, the scientist community uh, did, did really uh, very, very interesting and amazing development looking for millimeter accuracy. And probably the, the very first applications that um, they were looking for was on um, geodynamics to look uh, if GPS at the start would fit with the, the plate boundary. Uh, oh. So all about plate uh, worldwide. And um, they got uh, very early amazing results. I mean, we were on the millimeter level, uh, which wow. fit exactly with what the geodynamics people were expecting. They were using this for, you know, uh, all the, the uh, satellite uh, uh, resource uh, and also the astronomy to do that. But GPS uh, really uh, breaks through uh, with this amazing uh, performance. And um, from that time, of course, another community of professionals were also looking to use GNSS and GPS, GPS and GNSS. Um, and, and it was, uh, of course, the geodesy and surveyor. And they were all the time looking to get this uh, accuracy, this tremendous uh, accuracy, you know, uh, coming from several centimeters down to, to the millimeters. And obviously, um, GNSS, um, is the perfect answer for many 
problems that uh, we are encountering in deformation measurements. And there are several reasons for that. The system is fully automatic. It's working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You just need the proper telecommunications yeah. and a power supply. <coughs> and basically, alternate genesis receivers. Doesn't need to be calibrated, doesn't need to be uh, upgraded so far. Um, so this is a, a system that fits uh, very well. And also, uh, totally immune from uh, all the weather conditions, and uh, especially for critical monitoring applications, you know, when it's about dams or it's about bridges, long bridges, um, the engineers who are in charge of, of these infrastructures are really looking the behavior of the infrastructures during the bad time, yeah. you know, it's just when you have a typhoon, when you have heavy rain, uh, long rain fall, that people are uh, starting to be concerned. And the other, um, the other method that we are using in geodesy, I mean, uh, robotic stations, yeah. laser, laser scanning, uh, whatever. Are really suffering about weather conditions, extreme weather conditions. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, I, I start really to be involved in the field of publications. Uh, I was working at the, the National Geographical Institute in Belgium, and then I move on a different place, but all the time keeping in mind that uh, GNSS is a perfect tool for uh, monitoring applications. Yeah. You, and you have uh, a lot of applications that can be covered by GNSS. The interesting yeah. thing is, it's not only looking for three-dimensional displacements, which matter a lot, yeah. also because you can map these three-dimensional displacement into the frequency domain, and oh. then you get structural engineers who are very much interested for bridge applications. And uh, we work with the University of Zontingham at the time when I was also uh, vice chairman of the Commission 6 of the International Federations of Surveyors. <coughs> and we did a lot of investigations about how we can use a GNSS output, not only the three three dimensional mm -hmm. displacements but also to map into the frequency domain and compare with what the traditional sensor, like the three-dimensional accelerometers and inclinometer can, can, can do the job. And it's true, as you mentioned, I've been very fortunate to be involved in this high-rise building adventure, starting yeah. with the Bush Khalifa. And, uh, and Again, the combinations of GNSS uh, I, I, uh, precisions uh, with uh, other sensors demonstrate that uh, how, how well it fits uh, with this kind of extreme engineering. So, yes, you, so you, don't been, ask me, you don't ask me yeah. about GNSS for monitoring and, yeah. and, and having a short talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, I think uh, even when we met a month ago in Lucknow, you know, the technical background that you have was really, 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 like, I was wowed. 
And I think the applications, as you mentioned in the previous few minutes, really expands all over, especially for critical monitoring of bridges, dams, mines. I remember we talked about coastal seawalls. But over yeah. your time, what have been like three or five of the big factors that have helped this technology mature to the point it has so far? Like sure. what were your wow moments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, you are very right the, throughout the, the question because there is a black breakthrough, you know, in the adoption of GNSS for monitoring. At the start of, I mean, <coughs> sorry, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, um, 10 years, 15 years ago, the, there, there was a paradoxical situation where the people agreed that the GNSS uh, was definitively the, the amazing tools to do the job. But on the other side, the equipment was costing significantly a lot. Yeah. And then you get on these situations where you approve complete this project and the budget couldn't feel, you know, to, to cover the investments on, on GNSS uh, receivers and antennas. And, and that, that, that has been really a paradoxical situation because the people were asking for the high accuracy, high reliability, and they were also asking for an affordable price for the equipment. Yeah. On the other side, during the last 10 years, um, new constellations pop up. This is uh, the reason we are talking about GNSS, uh, the Global Navigation Satellite System, instead of only the GPS, which is uh, the, the development made by the Department of Defense of the United States. So we get the GLONASS uh, from the Russians, uh, we got the, the Beitou from the Chinese, and uh, Galileo from the European community. And then all this constellation, <coughs> sorry, with new frequencies, that's a lot of of satellites, a lot of information. And then this, the, the breakthrough uh, happened really uh, 10 years ago where companies like Comnef uh, Technology uh, in China start to develop their own ball. And then the price, of course, changed significantly. And this is what is happening with the chipset industry yeah. uh, as well today. If you read the news, you will see the, the progress in the chipset industry is tremendous. And uh, the outcome is that the price is going down and down and down. Then yeah. we are in the situation today where we can perfectly answer a project owner, you know, the, the people who are looking for having a solutions, a solutions to answer the problem, because now the hardware and the the, the hardware for the receivers and the hardware for the antenna are just perfectly high, high quality uh, in the observations and also in the software, which is very important with GNSS, and yeah. then. You know, with these two factors, we can really answer high accuracy, high reliability, 
and an affordable price, which would change considerably the, the, the problem. I think that it took, it took really uh, probably 10 years uh, and a lot of uh, universities and academics were researching for 15 or 20 years to look for the low cost receivers. Yeah. But the low cost receivers, as, uh, as we are understanding today, cannot deliver this high accuracy. So you, you really need to have a game changer who is bringing you know, the best out of the GMS signals, but for an affordable price. And I think that this is the reason why today GNSS must be unresistible. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I like that because you gave a brief overview on how the technology is matured and it was the launch of more constellations. It was the high accuracy coming in. And it was also, I think, now the power of data analytics and data intelligence that you can bring in with what you're getting from the GNSS raw data to actually empower people like this is what it's actually doing and it's just not a high accuracy um, system and it's now reliable and cost effective too so hopefully as we progress and traditional instrumentation also becomes more valuable gnss comes in as a big playing factor in the future as it has been for serving so my next question would be oh, yeah. could you talk about one or two projects where GMS has actually changed the perspective of the owner of the asset or one or two projects where you got a lot of insights and learning on the value of GMSS? Oh, yeah, yeah. I would say that, uh, of course, uh, we can talk about the high-rise building, but mostly in construction, and also the monitoring, the, the long-term monitoring after constructions. I mean, this is the, the decennial responsibility of the contractor, and the GNSS is definitely, uh, you know, uh, don't to uh, measure uh, the deflections of uh, such a high-rise building, complemented with dual axis inclinometer, accelerometer, you know, with all the, the geotechnical sensor that can be blended, but GNSS is definitively what people are looking for. So this is for the high-rise building. Now for the bridge, uh, I've been also fortunate to participate to a lot of projects. Uh, the Stone Canoe Bridge in Hong Kong, and then several long bridges in China, and even in Europe with the Viaduc uh, of uh, Normandy, the pont, the bridge of Normandy, and wow. the viaduct of Tancarville. So, yeah, so, uh, and, and, and really many projects where I've been involved for designing the, the solutions and then to bring uh, the, 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 complete, uh, the complete solutions. And uh, also for bridge today, uh, there is no point that the people recognize easily the value of uh, using uh, GNSS. And then, uh, probably a project uh, that uh, underlines the role of GPS, the GNSS, sorry, was a four bands project uh, that uh, we got when I was working for ECA uh, for the Ukraine, Ukraine uh, Energy. 
so yeah. it is a four hydropower station three on the Dnieper River and one on the Dniester River. <coughs> uh, the people uh, learn uh, with the actually actually uh, with the news today. And on these four projects, we designed a completely innovative solutions, uh, hybriding TNSS with uh, automatic propulsion stations. And, and uh, the, the, the evidence of the solutions um, uh, was that during the, the fog, foggy times, foggy weather, for the heavy rain and snow, <coughs> And you can imagine that along the, the large river, yeah. you get a lot of different uh, weather conditions. Uh, we saw, I saw myself, the robotic total stations stopped, stopped working because cannot measure on the reflectors anymore because yeah. of the weather conditions. And GNSS still giving and delivering uh, the data. And, and I think it's, it's very important because Again, I, I mentioned that uh, before, but the people who are looking for critical missions and monitoring, so not the people who are interested to learn to gain knowledge on an infrastructure, which is perfectly respectable, but this is another goal. But the people who are looking for critical missions, GNSS is a perfect tool because it has been designed to work 24 hours, seven days, all weather conditions, days, nights. So, so yeah. this system is really, I would say, very, very robust, robust yeah. and accurate for this kind of critical missions. I have been also involved in the landslide, landslide monitoring project, exactly the same. You know, a landslide is tricked by the rain, yeah. basically. So you have, of course, all the salts make an context, but basically this is the rain that is the trigger. And when it's rain, hmm. the NSS is working. Working, yeah. The, yeah. the, the, the sensor will have much pain, you know? Yeah. We can do a lot of interesting things, even for spectrum engineering, using a radar, you know, this new technology. Uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, if people are concerned about of the safety of the infrastructures, GNSS is a real tool, you know, without any uh, any conversations. And the the way we are evangelized, we are, you know, making the promotions of the use of GNSS for monitoring is 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 very <coughs> straightforward. Some of the people you know, who are not really uh, aware about the performance of GNSS at the millimeter accuracy level. We, we offer to the people to demonstrate. I mean, this is a part of our job to, yeah. to set up this proof of concept and to show the people how it works. There, there is no magic, there is no mystery. Uh, you know that's better than me, this is monitoring, this is communication, this is power supply, this is setup, this is the handling, the data, and then and then you just can show the people and even demonstrate displacement. And, yeah. and, and all the time we did this exercise, the people were very surprised. You know, they, yeah. they, they really agree about that. Yeah, so I think it's so, a tech, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's just like the technology, which is so good that you have to actually see it to believe it. And it's very robust and reliable as well. And I think on the projects that we work with you, we've been seeing that on the dams and hopefully on the big bridge as well, where we have a record-breaking installation, the value of GNSS will come in. So my next question to you would be for someone who is new to the geotechnical field mm -hmm. and monitoring field, and they don't really know what a GNSS is, how would you explain it to a new person in the field very briefly? Wait, that's so nice. Yeah, uh, basically, you know what? Uh, this is also uh, one of my my thoughts is, is that uh, the, the geotechnical monitoring people and the geodetic monitoring people uh, must talk each other. I saw that in a high rise construction where the people were asking me about leveling, you know, the, the basement, the ground floor. And uh, I was just wondering, okay, we can do that. We can uh, manage by uh, digital levels, whatever. Uh, but you, you should have, you know, geotechnical sensor as well, like <laughs> extensometer, piezometer. You, you should have this. And the people say, yes, we have. We have plenty, in fact. And, and then, I came with the idea, but why not, you know, to set up the link, you know, to to at least serve think that that this sense in order to combine these both worlds. I saw that also on one Chai Di Pass, the big project in Hong Kong, where they, they are reclaiming uh, the land over the sea, and 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 we have a massive installation at the time. With robotic cotalizations and prism, like a, like a massive development of prism, and the people were asking me, can you can you add some some points here and there? And I just realized that we were very close to extensometer strain gauge, you know, a lot of your technical instrumentation, <coughs> and then uh, I, I I really advocated people, please talk each other. This cannot yeah. be a split, you know, geotechnical and geodetical. You know, we have to, to, to do hybridations. We, we have to combine both. So for geotechnical people who are not uh, uh, really aware about the performance of GNSS, uh, I, I would say uh, this is, uh, you know, the, the, the signals that we are using we're using the, the, the carrier phase uh, measurements and the signals. We is a very short wavelength <coughs> by 12, 18 centimeters. That is, it's just telling us that the accuracy of the, the, the carrier phase can be, of course, millimeter and eventually sub-millimeter by using filtering techniques and a digital signal processing. So we are using, you know, signals always very, very accurate. Of course, the signal is coming from the space 20,000 kilometers away, eating um, the ionosphere, the, the troposphere. But there has been tremendous development to figure out how we can retrieve 
all those effects eventually uh, correcting the orbital's error. So we benefit, I mean, from a huge development. Uh, and interesting enough, it's an academic development by science. So the result is equally open, you know. And we benefit of all those developments to make GNSS as accurate as it is today. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, just as a story, I was talking with Chris Wilson, who was a professor at the University of New South Wales in Sydney, in Australia, who is now becoming a chairman for the UIG associations, and he was asking me, hey Joel, uh, what would be the next challenge for GNSS? And I told him, uh, sub-millimeter accuracy. And uh, it just, he just reacted by saying, impossible. Yeah. And I told him, come on, you know, everyone was thinking it's impossible to fix centimeter accuracy with GNSS in real time. And today, this is what most of the surveyors on the planet are, are doing. And yeah. then, the first one is yes, you're right. We have we have to put to challenge more. But yeah. just to say that uh, the the technology is is available. You know, it's a long term proof. And what we are using for monitoring projects is used on a daily basis for serving. So yeah. what we do is just changing the way we are doing the processing. Also, taking the advantage that we are not in a necessarily high dynamic environment. So we mm. can set up the antenna where, of course, it matters. But we also take care about that, which is a totally different picture with serving, serving, you know, <coughs> yes. For um, monitoring projects, the bridge is quite open. The tower is open. The dam is large. You know. Yeah. 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 So I think we have a little bit more time. So I could ask you my last question: Is that where do you see this going in the future? And as we've seen in the past 35 years, you've seen it actually mature from a GPS to be sub-millimeter level and surveying. People are using it every day. It's coming into monitoring. GNS is on drones with RTK. What's your, what's your vision? Uh, the vision is, you know, we, we, it's interesting because we are still looking for more, you know? Yeah. We are still looking for more. I told you that uh, there is uh, a gap uh, that uh, we bridge uh, because I accuracy and affordable pricing. And uh, I am very sure that we can keep developing, researching, and, and getting uh, uh, more and more affordable the technology. Uh, we are uh, already uh, on this uh, OEM board, uh, on the chipset. The, the development is absolutely stunning. 
CEO are going to miniaturize uh, the chipsets, the core module of OEM board uh, GNSS. And I believe that uh, much can be done to specifically address the monitoring conditions and monitoring yeah. environment. Um, 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, most of the, the, the company who, who were manufacturing GNSS receivers were just taking the same gears for serving and say, this is for monitoring as well, this is for cores, this is for everyone. But the hardware was exactly identical. And then we can take advantage of cores of the monitoring conditions to figure out how we could make it compact and also to open more the interactions uh, to, you know, this IoT. We, we yeah. are talking about the Internet of Things, which is also closely related with monitoring because it's about a massive deployment of sensor to get the response uh, from the sensor and eventually to do reactions to the actuator. So I think that there is a, still a lot of things that can be uh, developed and can be uh, really uh, innovated in that field. I, I'm just thinking about the data format. You know, we, we, we are using in GNSS the entry protocol, which is we don't want to make it longer, but this has been tailored for surveyors, for, for serving. And on the other side, uh, for the IoT, we have this MQTT uh, data transfer and protocol. And, and you know, there's still different worlds. And the different roles is, 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 to, is to match. Um, regarding geotechnical sensor, uh, we can perfectly uh, do the hybridations. You know, if, if you cannot put the GNSS antenna exactly where you want. Yeah. The case. The setup, the, the setup of the GNSS receiver difficult. You can use an extensometer. You, you can you can use other geotechnical device to propagate, to offset the coordinate. You know, and <coughs> at least for the for the structural engineering, so structural monitoring. The the key question, you know, is. The, the people agreed to get the mass of data. Eh? The, we, we are living in a massive information society. Yeah. And the way to represent the data or to integrate the data, uh, for, or, uh, as my opinion, should be in the BIM. BIM yeah. is a platform that we are using in the constructions. But you have companies who are developing BIM for infrastructures. You know, for bridges, for for dams, so BIM is 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 progressively going everywhere, and yeah. I I believe that monitoring data, <coughs> sorry, must also be integrated in the BIM. So you see, 
we have the source of truth, but now we have to make it work all together. Yeah. And I think that the abbreviations making the sensor very much compact, still looking for high accuracy, high reliability, is, is really the, the, the features development. And, and yeah. we are looking for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think to sum it up, GNSS has moved on from the GPS that was invented by the United States Defense Department to now being a sub-millimeter level accurate, robust, and reliable system that we can use in serving, monitoring, and more. And data and data intelligence is becoming more and more paramount. And Procure is a tool that we're developing to help with that as well with the BIM, the 3D model. And I think it's been a great conversation. And out of my experiences, just getting to know you, you there's never a time limit to gain knowledge from you. And we can spend more and more and more time talking. And thank you so much for your time to come on to the second episode. And I think people will gain a lot from this and a lot of value. And I look forward to having you again in the next year or two, or hopefully even faster to see, like, this is what we talked about two yeah. years ago. And this is where it is now. And let's move the world together with getting new technology into our field and empowering civil engineers to make a change. Thank you so much. <laughs>